Welcome to Fresno's Best Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Maddox. Today, we have a combined episode with Jeff and Brandon, who host the show The Preacher's Hour, a local podcast that focuses on religion in our modern time and focuses on giving clear advice in an increasingly unclear world. I have enjoyed their show and I want to champion local podcasts, so you'll see more partnerships in the future uh, meant to highlight other people doing great work in town. I don't only want you listening to my podcast, you should be listening to all the other podcasts that are being produced by local people. All right, let's go meet Jeff and Brandon, and Baker will take us there. Fresno's back! We'll just all hit record. Okay, so we always start the same way. Where do you guys like to eat in Fresno? Where do we so, not like to eat? That's, that's the, the question. That's yeah. The question. So my uh, my favorite place to eat, and this is recent, is a five five nine taco. Uh, oh my gosh, they have like this uh, huge quesadilla pizza. That thing is absolutely incredible like it's my favorite thing ever so uh i've ordered it like four times already so they they basically have like my cell phone bill at their <laughs> restaurant man i uh man fresno bagel i haven't had it since the pandemic hit so i don't even know if they're Dang. still open i hope they survived because they're just amazing uh kebab city Makes really good. So you're saying all the staples right now. Oh, like, let's let's talk about Fresno Bagel for a second, and we'll get back to those queso tacos in a second at five five nine. So at Fresno Bagel, I didn't realize that they also have like curry and stuff. <laughs> and yeah, they're non bagel related items there. <laughs> I've had the potatoes; they're really delicious. I haven't had all the other, like the Thai food and stuff that they make. So I think people that own their Thai. Wow. Um, but yeah, they, man, the all-in-one, I mean, you can't go wrong. It's true. And, you know, it's a funny thing about places like that. They, you know, they'll, I, when I lived in San Francisco, around the corner from my house, there was this uh, Vietnamese restaurant that did breakfast and they mm. named the restaurant the Mayflower. <laughs> so you, could order, you could order like a banh mi sandwich or an omelet. And we were just trying to understand like, what is this place? What, what do you, and they're just like, if you'll buy it, we'll sell it to you. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? Um, so and then going back to uh, 559 Tacos, yeah, for me, the case, like, if you add cheese, melted cheese to a taco, like, you, it's game over. Like, Jesus, what else man. am I going to order? Like, why would I order a taco without cheese? Your whole life. Like, it, when you add in cheese, especially when you add cheese to the base of something, like, mm-hmm. when you make cheese your foundation, mm-hmm. let me tell you, there's no, there's, you, you can't get around it. You can't get off of it. it you just stuck to it. Cheese right. is your base. Right. And it just, it, it warmed my heart. And then even their, uh, they're red tacos, so they have like the uh, they use a salsa that they put on the grill, and then they put your uh, tortilla on top of that, and they fry it up, and they flip it over, fry that side, and then they put the cheese on top, and then everything else. Oh, it's just it's out of it's control. Amazing it's sight of control. to see. Oh, yeah, and you can get wrecked really easy there. Um, and like I, yeah, for me, like when I go in there, and it's like, how many quesadilla tacos before I can't drive home? Is the question yes. I always ask, and it's it's. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, so I feel you. Kebab, uh, did you say Kebab City? Yeah. That place is amazing too. Have you had, have you had the, what blew my mind and I, you know, they opened the one in North Fresno, which is, I know they have one in Fowler too, I think. Hmm. Um, But they do this thing where they put a kebab like on a sword. It's like a, it's like a, it's a spear that's in the center of a plate and they just hang meat from it. And they bring it out to you like it's no big deal. Like, oh, here's your spear with me. Well, yeah, here's here's this animal. I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. What what about uh, takeout things for you guys? Where have have been your takeout staples during pandemic? Pandemic? I mean, we've had, we've kept Chipotle open. We've literally (laughs) kept them in business. Um, And then Cafe Rio is really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's their me, steak yeah. salad goes yeah. hard, bro. They're, that house dressing, <clears throat> I'm telling you, bro, change your life. With Jessica and I, are, uh, we've been on teriyaki don. Yes. Teriyaki don is a Come on. something that we've just fired. <laughs> uh, and something like this, the restaurant right across, right around the corner from our house uh, is Robertito's, mm-hmm. and Robertito's gets down. Like, there's no the asada fry. You just can't go wrong. Oh so, yeah. It's a power burrito. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. I even had a, I had a sports burrito once. I was like, the shrimp in there? And I was like, oh, let me go ooh. ahead and just try this out. Boy, let me tell you. <laughs> First of all, there's way too much food in there. You, you will get stuffed quick. Right. I'm, like, I'm finishing this. Like, out of, out of pride, I have to finish <laughs> this whole burrito right now. I mean, when you add fries to anything, it's great. And carne asada fries, like, it's one of the greatest inventions, I think. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's that, it's just taking the best things of all the worlds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> taking, I mean, it's fusion. It's 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 when fusion becomes God. You know, like when food becomes God. It, it is fries, right? There was a there's another one. Um, it's Javier's, and they have the carne asada pizza. And oh, you think you you have an experienced life? Until you've experienced a carne asada pizza from Javier's, that's fire. Have and you guys messed by, with by um, Indian the Indian pizza trend? That's a thing right now. Like the man, there's that one on Willow and is it Knees? There's a there's I have never I haven't I don't think I've done heard it, of it, but I I, it's, I think it's called Curry Pizza. I want to I think it's yes. the actual restaurant. I've yes. never heard of it. Yeah, it's I, I mean it's dangerous because it's like all the things you want bread. Like flavorful, like like butter chicken pizza. Like, what what are we doing? What are we doing? And so it's like I yeah I I think for me it's many cell phone bills, many many cell phone bills <laughs> worth of food is going all out the over the city. <laughs> but the thing is, right? Like, I mean, small businesses. Yeah. Right now, it's tough, and it is so hard talking about margins and how much you make per pizza mm-hmm. or per carne asada fries is so small yeah i don't know well anyway i appreciate you guys coming on i i just want to start by talking about your guys's podcast because you know i want to you know this is a small town well it's kind of a small town it feels like a small town um Mm -hmm. there's a couple of our podcasts out there and uh your guys's was one of my favorites so i just want to kind of get uh the origin story um origin story like where where the idea come from what are your guys's backstories uh, just kind of promote yourselves a little bit. Talk about where all this came from. Yeah. Um, 
It was totally my idea. <laughs> just, oh, wait, so I'm throwing that out there. Uh, it was, though. It really was. I don't want nobody to get um, So the name Preacher's Hour comes from our, like, young adult uh, ministry that mm-hmm. we were, they've been a part of for, for a few years now. Uh, we did this thing where we, we, like, got together at, like, four in the morning. Yeah. And, like, all the different preachers, young preachers, got together and we, you know, talked about preaching. We practice preaching we critique each other's sermons and things like that and so we called it preacher's hour and then i've been listening to podcasts for a very long time i'm like man i feel like i could do that and so me and brandon always had really good conversations like all the time i'm like people should hear these i'm not trying to you know puff us up (laughs) we'll be talking about some cool stuff i was like hey man we should do a podcast he was like what's a podcast and i was like well i had zero (laughs) clue like i had heard about podcasts but i didn't know like they were a thing I didn't know that, and I, didn't, I had no clue a lot of people listened to them. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is like last year, so it's not even. Uh, it's like, come on, man, you turned 30. You guys listen to the <laughs> podcast. Uh, and I remember um, there was one podcast I listened to, but I just didn't, I didn't find enjoyment in listening to people talk. I was just like, <laughs> no, like I'm, I was just about music. So if I'm driving in the car, if I'm working out, like I'm just listening to music. And I heard one guy say, uh, he's like, man, if you're like trying to go forward in life, you need to redeem the time, the time that you have. And what he was saying by that is like, you have a lot of free time on your hands when you're driving, when you're working out and you can choose to listen to the same music over and over again, which the lyrics you already know, or you could like feed your mind and give yourself some education and learn something rather than just wasting time by listening to the music you already know. And after that, I was like, man. And so in that time period, Jeff was already pushing me to listen to podcasts. So Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, let's check, let's just, let's check this whole thing out. Yeah. And then, so the reason we really did it was we have a mentor um we call him uncle rod uh pastor rod cochran and he was like look you guys need to do this because like when my old generation that that taught me when they died all their wisdom died with them Mm -hmm. and so like you guys need to leave something for the next generation and your generation's thing is podcast you guys are going to write a book (laughs) but you know you guys will do a podcast so like you should get your wisdom whatever you're wrestling through in your current time leave it for the next generation and so we're like all right let's try this thing so we did not know what we were doing zero we just went on amazon like what do you need to podcast and we <laughs> bought some lapel mics and we recorded our first episode and it was horrible on our cell phones on our cell phones like you couldn't even hear brandon most of the time the mic was it was just bad it was awful but we've literally made it to a year over a year now but you read a year back in october and it's just been crazy that like people actually listen to us and like want to know what we think and people we've never even <clears> met from <throat> other places yeah. like actually interact with our stuff. It's just like it's insane, mind blowing. Things you never thought would yeah. actually happen. Like to the you. fact that you said you like like our podcast, I'm like this. What? Oh, wow. Like, okay, you, that's amazing. You listen to us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you put we put you through that. You didn't have to, you know. Waste well, I mean, your time it's like just that. it's it's a great way to work out ideas, right? Because it is. I mean, you know, as someone that's written professionally before, and you know, I mean, when you're working out an idea for an article or or something to publish, I mean, there's so much involved, and there's just you, you don't really have that space. I mean, for a while it was blogging, right? That's how people mm-hmm. worked out ideas. Uh, I remember like in 08, you know, during the 08 election, like blogs, like I, you know, I had like seven blogs I was checking every day and like, I wanted mm-hmm. to be like in these people's minds. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could kind of get a live stream of their minds, you know, not in the kind of Twitter, I'm going to hurt you way, but <laughs> in the, 
uh, you know, uh, like I'm trying to grow myself. It, it's somewhere between Twitter and 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 an article that mm. is somewhat improv improvisational, but also not just my stream of consciousness at two in the morning. Um, <laughs> and so I just think podcasts are that a great way to get to know people, and and I also get to know people know the way people think, right? Mm. Because mm -hmm. in an article, you have all of these partitions that stand between you and someone's thinking. You have, you know, the editors, you have, you know, how is this oh, gonna sound? True. And so I need to structure yeah, this around. Yeah. But what's great about your guys' podcasts and a lot of podcasts, right, is that uh, conversation is, you know, one of the best ways that we learn. Yeah. Um, and so how, how has your podcast grown over time or changed? Man, I mean, we made a ton of mistakes early on. We still do we make a little bit less. Yeah. Um, and we're way more cautious, which I think is yeah. also a bad thing. So yeah. we don't, like, in the beginning, we took more risk and now mm -hmm. we don't really take a risk at all. Yeah. We try to think, really think through what we're going to say. And we don't want to like hurt people's feelings, but we still want to, you know, speak the truth as far mm -hmm. as we see it. Um, the biggest thing that we did was we hired, um, our little brother, mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Josiah Freeland. Yeah, uh, he's our digital mar media director. Yeah. As we've given him, we just call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. <laughs> right, right, right. Whatever you so want on your resume. You know, at first we were just doing audio, and then we bought a USB mic, and then mm -hmm. um, my dad does voiceovers. He's retired from um, doing uh, criminology, but he he started doing voiceovers. He said, "You need to get some XLR mics," and so he sent me a bunch of stuff to get and and equipment that we were able to get. He bought us some equipment for Christmas yeah. like a year ago, which was amazing. So that stepped our game up. And then like we, and then people were like, I don't want to just listen to it. I want to see, see you guys. Yeah. Like, okay, we need to do some video stuff. So our first video stuff was horrible. <laughs> I was I was editing it. It was awful about this cheap little camera. That was horrible. And then Josiah was like, look, let me help you guys out. And so yeah. he he started like recording our stuff. We have multiple camera angles now. He does everything on YouTube. He does all the editing. And so he, he's just made us a lot better. Yeah. And like, so, so like, yeah. definitely. So our, our, our media um, has gone through the roof mm -hmm. uh, in our eyes. Cause yeah. other people will look at it and be like, no, you guys are still trash. Yeah. But uh, our media has There's gone always the going to be those people on the internet. Right? Oh, right. I mean, you know, I, when I got my first, <laughs> so, cause I do a few different podcasts when I got my first um, really negative review, um, it just shattered my ego. Like I was just shattered because it was, it was on my history of California podcast and my other one. Mm. And I, uh, it was something about someone critiquing my, the way I told this particular story. And she said something, the reviewer, I'm not just assuming it's a, she, she made herself known. Um, mm. But uh, she said something about like, you should, be, you know, he needs to be a bit more careful and a bit more respectful with history. And I was like, oh, you know, like my heart broke and shattered. <laughs> and so, you know, it's hard. It's hard mm -hmm. to be, you know, kind of impervious to that stuff, but you have to, right? Yeah. You have to. Yeah. So what were some of the, <laughs> I mean, you guys baited me into this. What were some of the uh, things that you've learned to be more cautious about? I mean, just our opinions. Right. Um, and and realizing that what we think in the moment like it we need to make sure we have as much education about a topic before mm -hmm. we try to speak to it yeah sure. um and so talking to older people after the fact after we posted <laughs> it talking to people with a little bit more wisdom like yeah you you guys need to there's some things you don't know about this mm -hmm. and so it's like oh okay and so like just 
trying to do as much research as possible before we dive into something and, and just knowing still like even we're going to be limited like it's just our perspective in that moment of time once yeah. you record and you stop it it's it's locked in you may go back and go oh you know what i should have said this right shouldn't have said this or whatever but just just trying to like do as be as wise as possible going into an episode yeah. so, and even keeping our uh keeping the mindset like not trying to be as like judgmental mm -hmm. or being so concrete that we mm -hmm. can't take critique from other people. Yeah. Uh, being able to hear, uh, hear someone critique our podcast or tell us, Hey, do this, do that. Or, Hey, you said this and I don't think this was right. For one, like we just learned, okay, cool. Everyone has their opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, we mm -hmm. try to keep our opinions rooted in the Bible and that's kind of how we flow. But if someone has like a, wants to educate us on something uh and tells us hey like you know these are the these is the way you this is the way you say something or this is the way you approach this conversation uh we've learned to have like way more grace than we started off mm -hmm. with because when we started off not that we were trying to be arrogant but we came we off were. yeah we were really <laughs> yeah, arrogant. we were just very sure of our opinions and it's just like mm -hmm. instead of just like look this is our response to something and like we are, we're trying to be as humble as possible. Like, yeah. please, if we're off, like, please you tell us. We don't want to continue being off. Like, please sure. tell us. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a challenge, right? Because like, like we talked about before, the great thing about podcasts is that you can kind of work through ideas and like talk about things in ways that are not like, like totally um, figured out or whatever. And it, mm -hmm. it's, you know, uh, for me, I just edit it, right? <laughs> I just, uh, after I record it, I just edit it and then take it out. Um, because, you know, I mean, there was, there was one time when I was doing something with Paul Swearingen and I said something and I was like, oh my God, what did I just say? And I, and I, and I, and I looked at him and I did, made like the big eye look where you're like, don't you dare. You know, and it, it's, it's hard because it feels informal, but it's also, once it's out there, it's out there and right. you lose people. And what, I mean, we're all on our own journey. My journey has been, I've realized that I'm going to be kind of the cranky, somewhat progressive person in town um, and just kind of accepted that I'm going to lose people. Yeah. And that's, that's hard. That's hard because, mm -hmm. you know, we all want to make everybody happy. It's, yeah. it makes sense. Um, if you make people happy, they'll stick around, they'll listen, you know, but at some point I felt like I was lying to people by not being, mm. by not being honest, you know, yes. and being like cagey about things that I had mm -hmm. strong opinions about. Cause it's like, sure. you know, at, at the end of the day, you're not going to please everybody. You're going to say some things that piss people off. Mm -hmm. It just comes with the territory. Um, and it's part of the public arena thing, but I'm yeah. sure because, you know, you guys are dealing more directly with religion that, you know, that there's that challenge too, because, you know, it's like there the is. most important part of people's lives. Oh yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. We felt we've, we have, we have felt, uh, the, the strain that it takes for me talking for, about religion, trying to, uh, be, gracious to people who think differently than us uh, people who don't agree with the bible um and at times it's like man how do we how do we address this certain situation without hurting people mm -hmm. without like pushing people away uh we were taught uh through a sermon one time about 
um, using the word of God, which is normally, it's a, often called a sword. So the word of God is referred to as a sword, but not using that sword to cut people's ears off, mm-hmm. but using yeah. that sword to like, you know, to separate your, your flesh or your, your person from the sin that you commit. So those are, those were two different things, but a lot of Christians, a lot of believers, they will use the Bible to hurt people mm-hmm. when that's not what it's it was intended for. It. Yeah, yeah. It's so, not intended for that. Yeah. It's right. to bring people into a loving relationship. And that starts with literal conversation and like seeing someone else's point of view before you try to like judge them or condemn them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, but we, and, and we need more conversations with people that are on different pages, you know, I mean, we need more, we need more civil Thanksgiving table conversations. That's, mm-hmm. I feel, feel like people need to hear that because it needs to be modeled for them because we've forgotten how to be respectful to our racist uncle. Um, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And I, I'm not always the best, um, particularly with people like that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm trying to do the honey you know, you get stuck in my honey approach, um, mm. if, if possible. Um, and I, I honestly, I respect people that disagree with me. I, mean, I don't think I have, you know, all the truth or whatever. Right. Um, and I just have my perspective. Um, but let's talk a little bit about um, kind of religion with our generation. You know, we're similar ages, you know, we're dealing with a, a church that is not growing, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the pandemic has really at least been instructive for me in terms of, you know, people's attachment to community. Um, so where do you guys think, um, I mean, for our generation, uh, you know, religious, I, I feel like religious identification is going down. People are like, well, I'm just kind of spiritual. I don't really go to church. Mm-hmm. So where, where, what's your guys' take on, uh, where we're at? Yeah, I think that that phrase, like, I'm, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, is like the go-to thing right now. Um, it's interesting because, like, both of us are work in, in youth ministry. And so we see a whole up-and-coming generation that are, like, really serious about God. Yeah. And, um, you know, are, are asking tough questions, but, like, they really want to share their faith. They're not ashamed of, of their faith. Um, which is really cool to see. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, you get to college and beyond, like our generation, like, yeah, it's it's very much either on the back back burner or like they're just totally like done with it. Um, it's interesting because we just did an episode, uh, it's going to come out next week, about um, the global, you know, scene where like the West only makes up 11%. Mm-hmm. of christian of christians are in the west you know and so right. the church in africa and asia is actually booming mm-hmm. um and so it faith may be <clears throat> maybe dying you could say dying in uh, in the west in america but it's it's, everywhere it's going huge going. everywhere else so yeah. i think there's something that that we can learn from you know our brothers and sisters you know elsewhere and i think the pandemic is actually it's it's given us challenges, but it's actually present presented a huge opportunity for us to reevaluate. Yeah, you know, okay, what do we value, and what have we been holding on to that has actually held us back traditionally, or, or like you know, the building or just different yeah. things. Like you know, a lot of churches have been forced <laughs> to adapt. They haven't been using technology now; they've had to, and it's actually been good. 
Um, we've been able to do some things with our church where we've had people connect with us on Zoom from the Congo, from South Africa. Um, and so it's actually been, that wouldn't have happened without this situation. And mm-hmm. so I think um, there's actually a lot of good that we can take from the situation. And the church has, I think, neglected youth always. It's always struggled to deal with young people. Yeah, no doubt. It's great with little kids, but once you get to middle school and up, the church doesn't really know what to do with us. And Mm so, you know, we've been forced to like really, okay, how do we reach young people in an era where they're just spiritual? And so I think that's one of the motivations for us as well with our podcast. I think our biggest demographic is between 28 and 34. Mm -hmm. And so, which is our age range. And so Um, we're trying to help people who have left the church or never been to church, um, understand the church's perspective and and where it's gone wrong and where it's gone right. And so trying to help them come back essentially. Because one thing we, we've, we noticed is like, uh, many people want to take, you know, religion and just kind of throw it out because Mm -hmm. of everything that goes on or everything that's like connected to like religious stuff. Uh, but what we want to say is, you know what, like, we want you to research and, and to, and to look into this. Like, mm-hmm. we want you to consider this, not on a, like, we just want you to join our church thing. This is what we believe a lot of the churches have done um, pre-COVID is we just want people to come into our building. And that's not religion. And just doing a bunch of rules and regulations is also not what we've been called to. What we've been called to is an actual relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in a relationship, there's there's nuance in a relationship. Mm-hmm. There's questions in a relationship. There's doubt. And then there's, uh, there's reassurance mm-hmm. from both sides. So if, if you're talking about uh, students, you know, and they're not really understanding the Bible or not understanding like what their church is doing, most of the time it's because they don't understand what they're reading in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And what we fail to do is to teach the Bible. What we do is we just teach tradition and mm-hmm. we teach people to, uh, to come to this church and we teach people to pay a tithe and to do that. Like it's so much stuff that we teach that uh that if you miss the reason why you do it it just becomes repetition it just becomes mm-hmm. uh like uh like um what's the word when you're just like doing something over again yeah. habitual ritual, ritual. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not it doesn't matter uh to the relationship it's almost if you're married to a, your wife and you do the same thing every mm-hmm. day she's eventually like why do you do this was well, this i thought was wise one i thought that's what <laughs> I thought that's what, what you do at wives you say good morning you mm-hmm. cook some breakfast you go to work you come back you high five and you go to bed. We like, hang out for an hour and a half on Sunday and that's it. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, oh, don't you hate it time. though? I mean, when you've been doing something for your partner for a long time and then you discover that they hate it. <laughs> I have that happen to me all the time because oh. we, we can be pretty nonverbal sometimes when we're in our rituals at home. It's yes. like you know, handing the oh thing off gosh. or whatever. And then you discover, oh, I actually don't even like that. And you're like, this whole time, this whole time. <laughs> why the hell did you not say something to me? I've been standing yeah. right here. Yeah. And it's, it's a challenge. I think for me, when people say stuff like religion and spirituality, I just want them to understand that those things are connected in such a deep way that to extract them from each other is almost mm-hmm. impossible because mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the practices that, you know, you would, you know, like let's take meditation for example. Um, you know, cause that's a popular one for people that, are kind of, you know, outside of an organized community. Uh, They'll download Headspace or Calm.com app or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you think that stuff got to you? Who do you, where do you think it came from? It didn't just emerge, you know, Mm -hmm. it emerged from, it came from a tradition 
that's been modified over time and it eventually got to you. And mm -hmm. so the, the religion creates a lot of the practices that are uh, spiritual. And I, so I think a lot of ways when people say stuff about religion, spirituality, what they're saying is they don't want to really be, they don't want to be committed to other people. I think is, is part of it. And it's because other people are, mean, yeah, we've said that so many times. <laughs> other people are just, just mean, right? They're just mean yeah, and yeah. they do mean things and they judge you and you get mad. And you know, for anyone that thinks they don't have a I mean, it's one thing if you don't believe any of it or whatever, I mean, that's fine. Um, I mean, maybe not fine. I don't know. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, you believe what you want to believe, but mm -hmm. if you do believe things like, you know, the communities can be very helpful. Uh, oh, yeah. And there's communities for everybody. There's communities for wacko liberal type people like me. There's <laughs> communities for conservative people. There's communities mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I think community just, it helps you ultimately. But yeah, as long as you know, there's challenges, right? There's challenges. Yeah. As long as your community is not storming the Capitol. Um, <laughs> yes. Right. We'll talk about storming the Capitol in a second. Um, so <laughs> I, you know, I think one of the things is, is, and one of the reasons why, you know, okay, let's just talk about it. One of the reasons why the church might need to die is because it's become so intertwined with politics, right? And the kind of the decadence of that, you know, it's decay is so visible because you've, you, when something becomes so intertwined that you don't know whether that comes from your religion or from your politics and you can't distinguish between them, I mean, obviously they inform each other. You know, we, mm -hmm. we're in Fresno. There's a huge Mennonite community here that's about nonviolence, and they see that directly related to their understanding of the Gospels, right? Yeah. And those mm -hmm. things are connected. But when your political party is telling you to do certain things and they're saying, oh, by the way, God told you to do this, you know, that's when things obviously get a little weird. So do you, yeah. I mean, I personally kind of think religion does need to, I mean, parts of it need to die. Um, in order to have a new life, do you guys agree? Disagree? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've done episodes on this. On on, there's as from a Christian standpoint, I I don't see how you can marry yourself to a political party, um, to either one, um, and I think that is the good thing about you know Trump not getting reelected was I think so many people like you said they got. They got so stuck on like, this is our party. Mm -hmm. This is God's party. No, bro, <clears throat> not at all. Like, and so that whole, like we, if we, if our party doesn't win, that means God has somehow lost. Like that, that definitely needed to die. Yeah. Um, I think just focusing on, you know, one issue and thinking like, that's gotta determine every single thing that I vote for, regardless of what that party does, whoever's leading that party, no matter what they say, doesn't matter. Um, no, I think character has to matter. Oh, definitely. And one hundred percent. And you gotta. There's gotta be nuance. Like we've mm -hmm. lost nuance like so bad because we're just blindly following. You know, people want to follow somebody. Mm -hmm. that, that's the problem. And so, um, I think what yeah, I think when, needs to be separation for and, sure. Yeah, because what what we need to separate is like we need to separate relationships from. But like like human relationships from like political relationships, mm -hmm. what we've missed as the uh, as a church, what we missed as a as a denomination or as a religion, is we stopped caring for people and we started caring for things that don't really matter. So when you start caring for your building more than you care about a person, 
it's easy to say, hey, we can't really give you mm -hmm. the diapers that you need for your family because we got to pay this $42,000 electric bill. And it's like, yo, like that's yeah, this mortgage for this, this building, mortgage yeah. for the building is get paid. So like, we can't help you. That was never Jesus' intent. He yeah. was never like, you know, we got to do this, this thing and we got to save money for this. No, he was like, we got to give and give and give yeah. so that people who are less fortunate can have what they need. So if you, if you have more, then you should give more. Yeah, we've got to place value on people instead of anything else. Anything Your else. party, mm -hmm. facilities, popularity, anything. Like people need to people. be valued above everything else. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's definitely needs to be a, a separating of specifically Christianity from a, a particular party, mm -hmm. either party. Yeah. Um, we shouldn't fit when you a one in particular, market, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, let's be real. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, absolutely. Kidding. I mean, that's that's just a fact. Unfortunately, yeah. that's that's the funny thing is, if you look back at history, recent history, you're talking about 1980s with the Ronald Reagan election. Before that, Christians were totally not married to either one, mm -hmm. um, and you know there was a, a deliberate a t campaign by you know reagan's campaign manager to specifically get christians to align with the republican party people don't even know history even recent history to realize they've been manipulated mm -hmm. um and so just kind of i think all of this that's happened as horrible as it was i think it was necessary to wake people up mm -hmm. um to yeah to like really question like okay what are we doing mm -hmm. what, who are we worshiping are we worshiping god or are we worshiping a party or, or, you know, any candidate, like that. a candidate, anything like that. Or even so. like looking to them as like the, the end all be all, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Trump and he did some good things. He did some yeah. really, really bad things. But at the end of the day, I didn't look for, look to him to save America. Yeah. I didn't, I'm not looking to Joe Biden to save America. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you have the mindset that this man, this person who is flawed, just like the rest of us is going to somehow lead us into this new like understanding and this new like love relationship with other human beings that's not where it comes from like all everything that we need is going to come from god it's going to come from jesus who's going to be like the who's going to give us light who's going to give us like the ability to love our neighbor even when they hurt us there's there's or disagree with them. yeah or disagree with it like the fact that we are so polarized as a nation and we can't uh, we can't be friends because we don't agree doesn't make any sense i'm sure that there was a ton of people who followed, who followed Jesus. I was telling people in the Bible who followed God, who didn't always agree with what was going on, but they still remain family, they still remain mm -hmm. friends. So this is, the, this is what the world needs right now. How do we become family? How do we stay family and disagree on a certain topic? Mm -hmm. How do we live our lives, but not always agree? And I'm saying we don't, we, obviously we can't disagree on everything because yeah. now we can't be friends. It's okay to murder. Like, yeah. no, <laughs> no, it's not yeah. cool. Like yeah. if you disagree on this, help me understand why you believe this. And then I'll help you understand why I believe this. And let's see if we can find some commonality, some common ground to stand on so that we can continue in a love relationship. Mm -hmm. right. I've got a fun question for you guys. We were just talking about, you know, risky, risky topics. <laughs> um, do you think there's too many churches in Fresno? That's a good question. Uh, there's a lot of churches. Here. There's over 500 churches um, in a, city of 600,000 people. It's, it's um, insane. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I don't it's know if I can, things, I don't right? know if I'll answer that as far as like, yes, yes or, no. or no. I think that's something that God would decide. I'm not going to tell people what you're doing is wrong. Like do your thing. I think, um, 
it offers a lot of options for people that mm-hmm. to have their needs met, whatever, you know, they're looking for. There's a lot to choose from. Right. So and what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at with the yeah. question is kind of like, you know, church has become a business, right. Uh, in a lot of ways. And you just, you, you market to people, right. And mm-hmm. you've all, you've all these uh, communities kind of competing for this group of people, this captive group of people that they know are wanting this one thing. And it just makes it, I don't know, I just, there's something kind of uh, distasteful yeah. about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we've talked about that before, um, especially the whole business side of things. Um, and so I, I believe, we've talked about this before, I think the model of church that we have yes. is dying and should die. And I think the model that will replace it. Um, will be more people centered instead Mm -hmm. of resource centered and and power centered and money centered um, and not focused on manipulating people, but actually caring for people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's always going to be, you know, big giant mega churches, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But I think, I think eventually you will see, at least for Fresno specifically, the churches that are, that are, that aren't right, that aren't, um, don't have the right motivations they'll get taken care of. I think, I think they will, they will die out. Um, and the ones that really care about people will continue. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, um, though there's a ton of churches to choose from, uh, that doesn't mean every church in Fresno is like on the right track. Mm -hmm. So I think one, one thing that we need to understand is, uh, if, if a church you go to is not like meeting your needs or like loving you the way that Jesus would love you, then you have to like consider, okay, this is not the only church in Fresno. So I think that having a lot of churches does give the good option to say, okay, now I know the difference between like a church that's going to love me and care for me and a church that just wants like my money. And you mm-hmm. can like, some, sometimes it's blatant. Like you mm-hmm. can clearly see that there's, there's churches out here who don't really care about people. And then there's other churches that really do care about people. And there's churches that are, that were caring about more of their resources and their stuff. And now they're just now coming to the, the terms of like, yo, we've been thinking about the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So we give a lot of grace to, to churches, yeah. even ourselves. Cause yeah, I mean, like we just started a church and in our church, it's, we don't have all the answers, but we're trying to figure it out as we go. So as we are planning and we're like creating um, these like uh, re- resources and we're creating like where we're going to plant all that kind of stuff. While we're doing this, we're thinking about how do we influence our community? Yeah. How do we avoid making this mistakes that a lot of churches have, mm-hmm. have unfortunately made? Um, learning from their their things they did right, learning things they did wrong, wrong. Mm-hmm. and um, not just trying to make another church, but trying to make something different that gets back to like the spirit of why the church exists in the yeah. first place. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just gonna say a bad word. There's so much shit to do, like That's... worrying about how many people are sitting in your bleachers or your pews or whatever the hell you use shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't matter, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if you and this is what I was I was trying I was at my church. So I've mentioned before that I attend a church, even mm-hmm. though I'm somewhat on the fence about participating these days. I'm just cranky and old and you know whatever. <laughs> um, and I you know, but I I love them and I'm I'm glad to be there. Um, you know, they were now I lost my train of thought. They were asking me about like thinking about the church's new mission and like some kind of like, you know, leaflet interview or whatever they were doing. Um, And I honestly think that 
it's worrying less about what will get people there and like worrying a lot more about what you're doing in your community that will bring people. Cause I think people want to be united around a goal. They don't want to be sold stuff, you know? And I feel like a lot of churches want to sell people on stuff like, Ooh, it's really cool to be here with mm-hmm. us. You know? And it's just like, I, I don't care. Like I will go to a bar to meet cool people before I come to your youth service on Saturday yeah. night. You know, yeah. like, it's just what, it's just what it is. Yeah, and so I, I think it's, there. I think it's just the wrong sales tactic. And yeah, thinking about like consumerism. A we've allowed consumerism to to come into the church. Facts. And so it was never meant to be something that you have to sell. Mm-hmm. Like if you just live the way that Jesus calls us to live, it's going to attract people. Mm-hmm. And then the goal is not just to keep you all in here gathered and just we're just here in this building. You just want to get a billion of us in here. It's to go out and like help people, meet people's needs. Like what's like help the world um, through its struggles. Like we shouldn't just stay here. We right. should come here, learn, grow, fellowship, love each other, and then go out and like help the world. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't be about just how many people can we get here? Right. How many people can we help? How many lives can we affect? Yeah. I mean, it's just a good way. I mean, it, it really focuses what you do yeah. if you make mm-hmm. it about other people and not just getting butts and seats. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think people will feel respected that way as opposed to like, like a Bible salesman, like, Hey, I mean, okay. I will say this. <laughs> when I was in college, I went to a church exclusively for the donuts and I, you know, it was, it was fine. <laughs> I also got things out of it too, but they, but it was a bunch of, it was a you know fancy church in San Francisco and they're wonderful people, but I just went in there. I plowed through like three or four donuts um, and drank a cup of coffee, listened a little bit to the sermon and said, ah, okay, I'll get back on the bus and go home. You know, I mean, what, I, I, what I'm saying is people can show up that way, but I think people stay when you are doing this yes. and you're contributing. Yeah, absolutely. There's been so, times where you can literally go into a church and you know, feel welcomed and like, man, I want to come back. And there's other times you go to a church. I don't care how good the sermon is, how good the music is. If you didn't feel welcomed in that moment, you're not coming back. I don't care how fire anything else was. Mm-hmm. You're just going to be like, man, that was dope. But these people don't really care about me. Mm-hmm. I don't feel cared for. Uh, and that first impression you can't get back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're just, we're just primates, you know, like we just want to be acknowledged by the other primate. Right. And like, we like want to look each other in the eye and feel like they're looking back at us. Mm-hmm. And like, there's been so many times where it's been so cool inside a building and I'm like, Oh wow, this is so nice. And then no one said hi to me. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I hate you. And I just leave. Right. <laughs> like, you know, you could, you could have, an amazing music and like an inspiring mm-hmm. message or whatever. But if like, I don't feel welcomed in any capacity, I'm like, what's it all okay, for, yeah. great. I'll what's go on YouTube for? and find a better message or a better it band is. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now today, lonely right now today, because church is online, you can just go look up someone better, right? Cause you can always yeah. find a better speaker. You can always find better music. Always. So what is it really? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's finish by talking about books. Um, I finish every show this way. Um, you know, there's books behind me. Books are a big part of my life. Um, what are some books you guys have read recently that have been, or, or just in general that you've read that were impactful for you? Man. So 
I really suck at finishing books. I'm amazing at starting them. Oh, it's so good to start, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so there's one that I just got not too long ago um, called How Africa Shaped the Christian Mind. It's like the history of Christianity in Africa and how it actually influenced Europe, not the other way around. Really great book. Um, And then Letters to the Church by Francis Chan is one of my favorite books. And the last one for me would be Reason for God by Timothy Tim Keller. Keller. Oh yeah, my man. gosh, that's a great book. I didn't finish it, but I got to like chapter it's four. Really, you, and I was oh, like, man, man, you gotta keep going. I'm, like, yeah, I'm telling you. Well, I, I did I finish it. that one. I did finish that. That one. was that that's a great book to read. Um, for for anyone like searching. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to be a Christian, you don't have to be a believer to understand. Um I mean, you do got to be smart or at least have a dictionary by you. But for the most <laughs> part, it's a really good read. And it just kind of helps you understand uh, why, why God mm-hmm. Yeah, answer the question, like, why God? So that's a really good one. Oh, and the Bible. The Bible is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that book. You know, I, I actually, I actually encourage uh, non-religious people because I know there's people like that that listen mm-hmm. to my podcast because I, you know, I try, you know, I interview lots of non-religious people and most of my episodes are not about religion in any capacity it's about you know interesting people doing interesting things Um, but i encourage all people to read the bible um, in in part because you can't understand a lot of things about our culture and Mm -hmm. if you read any like important work of fiction like a novel or something chances are there's going to be like biblical references like the bible is by far the most important book in terms of understanding the western mind and like all of our ideas because they all just get traced back to the bible so if you don't know the bible in my mind you're you're somewhat illiterate in the modern world and it's but you know encouraging someone to read that book is a little tough it's a little tough sledding yeah yeah but is it definitely a history teacher oh yeah i can definitely tell he talks just like he definitely teaches u.s history too i love it you know i mean teaching history it's funny these days i don't know i mean i've had fun I don't know about you, but all the stuff that's been going on with Mr. Trumpy has been really fun oh, for great. class. This is a great year to teach history, man. Election, I mean, all of that is interesting for the first time ever. Facts. Absolutely. Which is crazy because I, mm-hmm. uh, I remember uh, like during, like right after um, the, the, pro- the Black Lives Matter protest, uh, Hillmar, the history book makers. Uh, oh, uh, McGraw Hill. McGraw Hill, like they were being sued for like quote unquote lying in their history books and i was like what lies and when i went back and looked you could ask me i would have told yeah, you i did ask you eventually i was like jeff like what why were they being sued for lying in the history book I'm like what did they lie about he's like you know Man. history uh <laughs> and this is crazy so i think like being a history teacher now is probably more yeah, important it's never we're never gonna have a year this good in a while like you usually <laughs> get every every four years you get you get oh hey guys listen this is wonderful isn't it and then after every other year, they're just like, Constitution, who cares? I, I'll never use this. It's like, no, no, I promise. It's really important. But this year, it's been wonderful. wonderful. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, the, the history you. world is interesting, especially the textbooks. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'll tell you guys a story to close. So, <laughs> so there's one year where I was teaching at a private Christian school um, in Southern California. and. Um, it's a pretty conservative school. Um, and they got their textbooks from this university called Oral Roberts, which if you know anything about Oral Roberts, they've had a rough history in this particular area. Um, and 
So they gave me the textbook to look at, to like review, you know, to determine whether I thought it was a good textbook. And I, you know, my metric for these textbooks is always go to the Civil War and then how they cover that will determine what I think. (laughs) So I just kind of skipped forward and I found, you know, I mean, you know, in textbooks, they have those kind of like standalone sections where there's like, oh, a novel that was written, you know, or whatever. And um, it was a, it was a section about God's spirit. And I was like, oh, interesting, you know, because you know, if you teach in public school, like we do, you know, you don't see stuff like that in textbooks. So you're always like, mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder what they're going to say. And so it was like, it, it, so the picture was Confederate soldiers and they were all bowing to something. And I was like, Oh, what's going on here? And I start to read and it said, yes, even though the union won the civil war, God's spirit actually moved more in the South, which is evidenced by the number of revivals that happened during the civil war. And I just like, did one of those like fall back in your chair moments. <laughs> oh That's a real textbook. What? That's a real textbook. No way. Serious. No way. Serious. Yeah. I mean, it's no joke. And, and there's this sneaky, you know, we're just, we're, we're blessed to be in California. Yeah. Um, you know, and you gotta, you know, even if you're a little bit conservative, you gotta think, Oh God, you know, these liberals that are so concerned about offending people, thank God we have them because then you have what's happening in Utah where they said you can opt out of Black History Month curriculum. They passed a law where you can opt out. Like your, your eighth grader opts out. I'm yeah, good. I don't need to know this. <laughs> Intel? No, no thanks. First of all, how do you even do that? Like Black History is, is American history. Just don't That's what we're saying. But the, best thing, the best thing I saw was someone on Twitter said, can I opt out of White History Month, please? Which, the whole year. Just, I mean, it's the whole year, I'm right? Not it's not even a month. <laughs> mm. It's great, crazy times to teach. Wow, that is Jeez. intense. I'm uh, immediately grateful for <laughs> the textbook I have, and I don't like it, but it's much it's better than that. Oh, man, Sheesh. that is wild. That's insane. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we could talk about this stuff forever. We're at an hour and oh, 15, yeah. so we should probably call it. Thanks for talking yeah. to me. Um, you know, this has been fun and I, you know, I, I, I've, I feel like I'm in a better place with, uh, at least a lot of the things that I came in kind of feeling irked about, um, you know, in regards to the, the stuff with the well. So thanks for, you know, kind of being pastoral to me and helping me <laughs> figure out, you know, what, what's, what's the best thing to do for people ultimately. Right. Mm which yeah. is, you know, there's good things to do for the ego. There's good things to do for lots of stuff, but what's best for people? People. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thank That's you good. so much Thank for you. having us, man. This was like, great. We were juiced when you reached out. Like, oh, dude, look, was like somebody wants to talk somebody to us. Somebody actually wants to talk to us. It's crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I mean, you guys are doing good things. And so I, I would just say, you know, what I've learned over doing this stuff is, is just is patience and persistence, right? Um, and definitely don't look at how many people listen per episode. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. We, we fell into that. Yeah, we did that. Beginning. Oh, man. <laughs> we it's, did it's, that. You, no, see, we but that's, you know, I mean, you, you can make an important episode and, list, and five people listen to it and it changes their life or whatever. Yeah. And that's much more important than a thousand people so listening true. to it. And like, they're like, yeah, okay. That was funny. Let's go. <laughs> you know? I like you, Jordan. Thank you for that, Jordan. I, like I can say some, I can get on here and say some dumb shit and make people laugh. And they're like, oh, this is great. I want to listen to you. <laughs> He just says he just says fart jokes and like makes like <laughs> windows like you know it's like who cares who cares yeah, and that's yeah. and that's the thing ultimately is that 
people that make good art, you know, they're just really, they're just in their art, right? They're in mm-hmm. their art. If you don't like it, screw you, you know? Yeah. I mean, not, I mean, not, you don't have to listen. That, but like, like for me, just keep scrolling. Just keep scrolling. Who cares? Don't yeah. listen to this. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why I don't understand a dislike button. Yeah, I don't get the, the dislike button. The dislike just, button. You like, didn't have to just, just keep going. Like, if you don't like exactly. it, Keep yeah. Definitely don't read the reviews. Those are the worst. <laughs> I mean, they're not quite YouTube comments, but they're close. I mean, but you guys put your stuff on YouTube, don't you? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You guys yeah, we've, gotten, we've gotten a little bit. We got a little bit of heat on YouTube. Yeah, man. Yeah, so. well, there's, I mean, YouTube is like, it's the Wild West, man. There's no rules. <laughs> it's worse than Twitter. Let's say whatever they want. Yeah, man. Anyway. All right. Thank you, Appreciate you, bro. All right. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode, which will drop later this week. And keep listening. Uh, Support us by contributing to our Patreon page or by giving us a rating and review. Both those go a long way to help this podcast uh, become sustainable, to be honest. And we'll see you next time.